Welcome back to another episode of the Buzz on Business podcast, where we get to hear from local business leaders, innovators, and managers. I'm your host, Gabe Tiefenthaler, and today we are here with... Callie Crisup, the owner of Social 174 Chili Snack Spreads. Mm, I've had it myself, and it is very delicious. Um, so tell us a little about yourself. What is Social 174, and kind of like, how did you get started? Okay, so I'm going to give like a little brief background of who I am and where I came from and how yep. this concept came to be. Um, so I grew up in Northwest Oklahoma in a small town called Helena, not to be confused with Helena, Montana, but it is spelled the same. Um, so I actually graduated with 15 kids and wow. started school at Northwestern Oklahoma State University on a full ride. Had yep. full intentions of coming to OSU because my brother had played football here. Uh, but f- full ride means free money, and Absolutely. that's something that you really can't turn down. Yeah. So I had a full ride to Northwestern uh, Mass Communications, and so I graduated there in December of 2012, and I decided to buy a house and move to Stillwater at 21 years old to start my master's. Decided the first semester that was not for me, <laughs> unfortunately. It's, it is for some people, but uh, research writing is not my strength or my strong suit. So I decided to just kind of figure it out from that point forward, and obviously at 21 years old, this was not on the radar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's kind of just organically happened. Yeah, yeah, it's organically happened over time. Um, I worked multiple different careers throughout that time from radio to public relations, marketing, graphic design, newspaper. Um, I actually did healthcare for four years, assisted living, memory care, and hospice care. Decided to leave healthcare in January of 2019, and I couldn't have asked for a better timing there, uh, obviously with COVID happening that next year. Uh, So during COVID, I was still planning conferences and conventions, which is my full-time job that I started back in 2010. Um, And it was definitely just a part-time job. Didn't expect it to turn into anything of substance. And so during COVID, I started making different live stream videos with my friends on social media (laughs) to like show them different recipes of things that I cook at home because I love to cook and I love to entertain. You got to keep yourself busy. Right. And obviously during COVID, they're like, hey, you can't hang out with your friends. Well, that's really, really (laughs) hard for an extrovert. So I started cooking my meals on Facebook Live, sharing recipes, and everyone kept asking, you know, are you going to be able to have that ready for me in your driveway? And absolutely not. I'm not cooking everybody dinner. And obviously the quality won't be as good if they go and try to reheat it themselves, et cetera. So during a girl's trip from Minneapolis, Minnesota to Monong, Wisconsin, I was with two of my really good girlfriends, shout out Kelsey and Lindsay. Uh, They both were just there and I said, hey guys, I think I wanna start a charcuterie company. And they're like, wait a minute, what? Like, what do you mean you're gonna start a charcuterie company? And I was like, well, I mean, why not? I have nothing better to do with my free time. They both laugh because they know that I don't have a lot of free time. Um, So this concept started as just a hobby for me and it was never intended to turn into a full-time position or something where I had to hire staff. That obviously shifted very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the car that day, I told the girls, I said, I want it to be something that means something to me. I want the name to have a meaning behind it. And so social, of course, is because I'm a social butterfly, Mm -hmm. if you couldn't tell. Uh, And 174 is the exit from I-35 to get to Stillwater. So I wanted it to have some type of tie to this community that means so much to me. Uh, So during that trip, I designed the logo, I came up with the concept, and then a few days later, I launched the Facebook page. Um, It hit 1,400 likes in the first two weeks. Radio stations started calling me, asking me, you know, like, what are you doing? What is this concept? Like, what's happening here? Uh, And then in addition to that, I get a call from the health department, because you can't do that in your own kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) So very quickly, I had to figure out what to do and how to make that concept work. Um, And of course, during my time in Stillwater, and one of the many careers or choices that I made uh, was to work at the Stillwater Elks Lodge as their bar manager Mm -hmm. and um, restaurant staff. And so during that time, I figured out, hey, they have a commercial kitchen space that's only being used on Wednesdays and Fridays, so how could I use that as something that I could utilize for a business? 
and they were more than happy to allow me the opportunity to pay rent to them and utilize their kitchen space until I could find something else. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was like one of the biggest blessings in my business. And I probably don't thank my Elks Lodge family enough uh, for just giving me that heads up in the world and allowing me the opportunity to have a commercial kitchen that I didn't have to pay an arm and a leg to rent or to find in town. Um, during that time, another business came in, Duncan Catering, and they were operating out of the kitchen as well. And it kind of got to the point that with both of our businesses thriving and continuing to grow, that I started thinking, you know, I have to come up with another concept. I have to have another idea of where we're going to go whenever we get too big. Yeah. And so I started looking. Um, the city of Stillwater has a lot of options since COVID, um, a lot that are very, very, very expensive. And so with that said, yeah. um, I was able to contact another Elks Lodge family member that kind of helped me with the com- commercial kitchen process at the Elks. And he had a flooring company on Main Street. Mm-hmm. And so he said, yeah, we're actually moving out of that location. And so it's up for rent. If it's something you'd be interested in, um, you just need to contact someone at the American Legion. Well, at yeah. the time, we hadn't put two and two together that who my new landlord was going to be was someone that I had been working with for the Veterans Banquet at the Elks Lodge every single year since 2015. So it's kind of cool to watch relationships unfold and how all of those things have connections at the end of the day. Yeah. And so he was always the guy at the, at the Veterans Banquet every year that's like, thank you so much for always hosting this. And so now that's my landlord. So it makes it really cool to get to have those relationships long term. Um, so our space now is on Main Street at 607 South Main. And it was, like I said, an old commercial kitchen or it was an old flooring store that now has a commercial kitchen that mm-hmm. we custom built inside of it. Um, and since I work in the auction industry full time, I was able to purchase a lot of my equipment and a lot of the space um, contents from different auctioneers across the country. So it was neat to get to merge my two businesses and really just watch them um, integrate a little bit more. So all of my commercial kitchen equipment that is older is all from auctions across the country, whether that's Illinois or Texas or um, different places in Oklahoma. And I just thoroughly enjoyed getting to support my auction family as well um, in creating a commercial kitchen space that does exactly what we need. Yeah. Um, so we started the process of construction, or I should say we signed the contract in December of 2021, started construction technically this week, last year, <laughs> which is wild wow. to think. I had some memories pop up on my phone today of us painting the green walls. Wow. And it just reminded me how far we've really come in the last yeah. year. Uh, And so during all of that, I have some friends that have a um, flooring company in town called Mill Creek. And so they actually came in when I was gone to a conference and ripped a wall out in the kitchen for me for my birthday, which was very sweet of them. Not not a lot of people have friends that will do things like that without being told. So I'm very blessed. Blessed beyond belief. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, they tore out a wall and they tore out some floor. And I couldn't be more thankful because when I came home, it was like I could actually see my vision coming to life and I could see the space you know, basically becoming what I wanted it to be. And so, um, they had done that. And then my, my brother and sister-in-law came to town and helped quite a bit. And then just different friends in the community wanted to pitch in and help paint because it was a grueling process. Uh, the walls were green and they took, they were, um, concrete walls. So they took at least two coats of white paint, if not three in a lot of areas. And so it's, it was a very long drawn out process. Uh, but by the end of July, it was everything was finished and we were good wow. to go. And it was just hard to believe all of the things that had unfolded during that time. And obviously the original drawings of what I had for the building aren't what ended up happening at all, which is totally fine. Um, you live like and you learn and you do. figure it out, yeah. right? 
Um, there's a lot of really cool ties that I had in the community as well, uh, just different relationships that I had built. And so someone suggested that I apply for the TIF grant through the city. So it's the tax increment funding. Yeah. And what they do is they'll help you on Main Street beautify the exterior of your building to basically welcome people into downtown and give wow. it a better vibe or a better feel. That's awesome. And so that was something that I was able to apply for. Um, and so I kind of held back on a lot of my construction thinking that I couldn't do any construction until I had approval for the TIF. Well, that was incorrect. I needed to listen or read better. Um, <laughs> And so I was actually able to do interior stuff, just not exterior that was going okay. to alter the appearance from the outside. Yeah. And so once I had approval from the city, they actually will pay up to half of a $20,000 project. Wow. And so I was able to submit a proposal for a little over $19,000 and they paid for half of my project That's to awesome. make the exterior exactly what I wanted. Um, and for me, I wanted the exterior to literally be just, I wanted it to feel like your grandma's front porch. I wanted it to be welcoming and inviting. And I wanted people to feel like this is their home also. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the tagline for our building on Main Street. You'll see on the sign on the, on the side of the building, it just says, welcome to Stillwater's living room, mm. um, because that's what I wanted people to feel. I wanted them to walk in and think like, oh, this is a place that I can make memories into. Yeah. Um, and as you guys know, during COVID, everybody stopped doing all the things that they had done and all the memories that yeah. they were making. And so I wanted to have a space that people could start creating those again. Um, and obviously a safe space, because if you have more space, you obviously feel safer and more comfortable yeah, than you would in your own home um, with 20 friends. So uh, this space definitely allows for that. And now that space has also transitioned into events. Yeah, so we do events in the main yeah. space. So it's set up literally like your your grandma's living room without trying to be creepy. Yeah. So it's just mismatched <laughs> furniture, um, once yeah. again, from auctioneers across the country, but also from different marketplace websites and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the really cool little area that I love, um, we've got a little board game area that some of those board games actually came from an auction also. Um, my grandparents' auction, whenever both my grandparents were deceased, we had an auction to sell off all of their assets. And yeah. so one of the things that one of my cousins and I, we were battling for the board games, which was so funny because we were just enough apart in age that we didn't even play the same games. <laughs> so we were bidding on these games thinking that we both wanted the same thing and none of us wanted the same games. And so at the end of the day, um, you know, we ended up splitting the box and it was all good and fine, but we definitely paid a pretty penny for some of these board games that probably cost a dollar. <laughs> um, so now a lot of those are showcased in the building and people can yeah. come in and whenever they're having parties, they can pull all these board games That's off the awesome. shelf. And so all my friends' kids, they're like, when are we going to Cali's again? <laughs> um, which is so awesome for me to get to have all of my friends and their families in our space yeah. and that they just get just as excited to be there and we can actually enjoy adult time mm -hmm. while the kids enjoy each other's company and they can build those relationships that once again they didn't even have during COVID because they weren't allowed to go to school for a year Definitely. and so when you're looking at these little five to 12 year olds that didn't have social interaction for a long time to get to watch them interact with one another in a different environment has been really cool yeah absolutely and to, to go off of the the name and how you wanted it to encompass the community you have here in Stillwater you've also done that in your space mm -hmm. um, with I think you mentioned you had a shrine like a quote-unquote <laughs> shrine for your brother who played here at yeah. LSU football uh, what was the kind of like process of you know choosing the decor on the walls and things like so that? so my big thing like, like I said earlier was making it Stillwater's living room and yeah. what does anybody in Stillwater relate to more than the color orange and <laughs> OSU <laughs> athletics Absolutely. America's brightest uh, exactly and so those were my big things is I wanted to draw that into the living room and mm -hmm. so my mom um, bless her love you mom she always has massive portraits of all of us in her <laughs> home that could be a little uncomfortable if you didn't yeah. know that that's just kind of how we are as a family yeah. and so um, there's this really cool picture my brother and Des Bryant praying on the field before a football game okay. and it's in my space and it kind of is a centralized focus of that area and of course there's a bunch of other memories next to it as well as my great uncle that played here and also ran track and so his pictures mm -hmm. are up there too 
Uh, but it's been it's been really cool for people to ask, oh, where'd you get that really cool poster at? Or where can I get one of those canvases? I was like, well, that's my brother. <laughs> and they're like, oh, wow, that felt kind of creepy. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's been really neat to get to to share that. And so there's actually like a little photo frame next to it that tells you the story. That's awesome. Um, and says, you know, Zach's my brother and that he went to school here, which yeah. was a lot of the reason why I wanted to live in Stillwater in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so he was a walk-on. Um, he played college football at Bay Cone. And then walked on to play at OSU um, his last few years. And so now he's a college football coach at NEO. He's the head coach there. And so it's awesome. really cool to see the full circle effect of like where you can be from where you think you're going to be before. Yeah. That is so cool. It's almost like a museum when you walk in. It, a little bit, a little bit. Museum. Like I said, a creepy, creepy grandma's living room. Remember, well, you can't hey, forget that. Exactly. <laughs> Without it being creepy. But you got it. <laughs> it's only creepy if you don't have the stories with it. Exactly. But you just said you but have I the just, stories. But I put the stories it. next to it. Absolutely. Um, another really cool thing that I love in the space is we have this map that people can put a pin from where they're from. Oh, that's awesome. And so I love seeing like what where people have come from that have been in our space because, yeah. you know, like I said, it's Stillwater's living room. Yeah. So to see the people that are in the Stillwater community that come in and out of our space, it's really awesome to see just all the locations that they've come from across lots, the country lots of pins in Tulsa I'm assuming uh, probably yeah, yeah. Oklahoma is getting pretty full it's like a big <laughs> orange blob right in the That's middle funny. of course the pins are orange you yeah. know I couldn't do anything else so I need to be more cautious of like walking up to it and actually checking because mm -hmm. you know you have little kids sometimes oh yeah there's just a random pin out uh -huh, in the middle of the Pacific uh -huh. Ocean yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so I do need to check that probably monitor it a little bit closer yeah. but um, I just love having those little key points in our space that make it so special and so yeah. meaningful to so many different people. That is awesome. And it's a lot of the times it's those little special things that make people not necessarily um, like, how, how am I trying to word this? I think it uh, makes people feel safe. I think that yeah, that's absolutely. the biggest thing is like, how do you relate to people in a way that makes it feel like it's their own living room? Yeah. And that was the goal. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really realize that was the goal until every single person walked in my building and they said, it's so homey in here. Yeah. And I was like, homey? Like, okay. But people say that about my own living room because I want things to feel so comfortable that you don't feel like you can mess anything up, right? Mm -hmm. I can have white furniture and you're not going to think you're going to mess it up because there's going to be a blanket on it and then we're going to, you know, magic erase it every time that there's a footprint <laughs> on it. Um, uh, but that was a big thing to me is I wanted yeah. people to feel safe and comfortable enough that, you know, if you wanted to take your shoes off, you could take your shoes off. Yeah. And to me, that's the goal is you want a space that makes people feel invited and makes them want to come back. And and that's something that's resounding in any of our reviews that I've read. Most people are like, you know, can't wait to, to schedule our next event there yes. or am always sharing with friends and family um, for yeah. a location for them to have a different activity. So there's very few event spaces in town that accommodate 65-ish people. Most mm -hmm. are either really, really big or really, really, really small. small yeah. And so we're kind of in that middle room and there's not a ton of that. So we're, we're excited to see the future of what um, our event space can do, but then also just the future of the catering side as well. Yeah. And you get to eat the most homey food of all time, the charcuterie <laughs> board as well. So it's perfect. Uh, with like the skyrocket of your business, like starting so fast and becoming so big so fast. And what was the process kind of like where you obviously started it yourself, but then as you got bigger, you had to hire people. And was the, you know, transition from doing it all yourself to kind of like delegating tasks to other people and kind of stepping away from certain jobs or tasks? What was that process like? Was it hard? So was there's it a easy? lot. There's a lot to that question. Yeah. Um, first of all, the hardest part for me was delegating anything. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a do, do, do myself person. Mm -hmm. And I always have like a specific standard. And mm -hmm. so if I didn't feel like somebody could live up to that standard, it would, was really, really difficult for me. Yeah. Um, so over time, I just had to learn like, okay, Callie, it's, like somebody's going to make their own name in your business and that's okay. And you have to be okay with it. Yeah. Like, and if you're not, then you have to reevaluate where you're at. And mm -hmm. so one of the biggest things that we had to do over the last two and a half years is pivot. 
we've had to pivot a lot. Um, yeah. And to be a small business that started during COVID and survived COVID mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. Um, a lot of that has to do with the marketing side of things and the different people that have been supportive and then also just referred different customers to us over time. Yeah. A majority of all of the things that we're doing have happened because of word of mouth transactions. And we haven't technically paid for any real advertising since we started. A majority of it has all been word of mouth or conversations or um, organically just people that that know me or that know my friends or that have seen them share something on social media, which is absolutely insane. That's part of the beauty of Stillwater as well. It is. Word spreads so fast in a community, so tight-knit. And the big thing is like everybody here is so good about supporting local. Yes. And that's something that I really try to always thank um, any of our customers for. Anytime that we send them a picture of their kid with a box on their birthday, we're like, thanks for shopping local. And I have this weird obsession with the orange heart on my emojis. So it's always thanks for shopping local orange heart. Yeah. Even though it's a little bit off on the color orange, I'll sacrifice because it is an orange heart and it means something near and dear to me, which is what Stillwater is. Mm And so that's where um, it's been really special. But as far as delegating out, I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I can teach myself is to continually learn to delegate. Yeah. Um, this last six months, I've really tried to step out of the kitchen and really trust my team to handle everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, it, when push comes to shove and they need me, I'm here. Yeah. But I'm also going to give them enough space to do it and to do it well. Yeah. Um, and then if it doesn't go well, then we can have a conversation afterwards. I would rather allow them to make the mistake and then learn than, than push them to do it my way, my way only. Yeah. And then be frustrated that it's not happening yeah. the same way. And then you're kind of also the catalyst of growth of right. people who work for you and you're helping them better themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really big about them having good relationships at work because yeah. you can walk into a work environment and you can tell if people love working together or if they hate working together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something that's been really interesting or unique about our situation is almost every single employee has a friend that works for me also. That's awesome. And so it's cool because then they love working together. Yeah. Uh, prime example, we had two girls go out on a spread this weekend and their roommates and best friends and like mm-hmm. all the things. And so it's really cool to get to see like how excited they were. Like they're taking selfies of themselves telling me they're on their way to go do the spread and like oh my gosh we just finished it and so it was just so fun um to watch them build their relationship and their friendship but then also get to go and do do life together yeah i think that that's so important in the world today um i think so many of us forget to do life yeah and we get caught up in the day-to-day grind of i have to go to work today yeah but whenever you make it fun and it's enjoyable right and so it's fun and it's enjoyable for them like they even went and filled water bottles and went and got groceries and they were like so excited about their day and had the best time yeah and so it's not always a norm um for a business to be something that you enjoy getting getting to do with someone that you enjoy being around absolutely and so that's what's definitely made it really fun for me to get to watch people build real relationships um even more so than what they already had foundationally coming into working at social yeah and I mean, if you have friends in the, the place that you work, it's I, I know so many people that they have the mindset their life doesn't start until 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. when they get mm-hmm. home from mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. But you should have a life at work right. as well. Right. Um, and I feel like it's just not the same if you don't have that. I, mean, I don't know. Life life seems pretty dull if, if your eight hours of your day isn't your life. Um, so. Uh, but yeah, dele- delegating the tasks is definitely a thing because I'm I'm sure you you feel social 174 is like your baby. Yeah, like you it started is, and it. I have and I have such huge pride exactly. in what yeah. it is and what it stands for, and so it it has been so difficult to. I mean, there's even systems and processes that I didn't put into place because I didn't think of this being something that multiple people would work for me. Yeah, right? exactly. And so I'm still in the process stage of like, okay, what are the things that somebody new comes in and they don't know. 
or what are the things that I need to be training on the front end that were done incorrectly for three months that it bothered me that I didn't say anything until yeah. it like became a thing. Yeah. Um, so it's figuring out what those foundational problems are so that we can create um, consistency on the front end so that they're trained appropriately and so that they're doing things the exact same every time. Yeah. Um, and that's something I've really had to stress to the girls is, you know, this is a consistency of product. So when somebody orders an 8x8 box, they expect XYZ out of this box. Mm -hmm. And it, it is required that it has this, 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 and this until the parent says, hey, my son doesn't like carrots. Okay, great. We won't put carrots, carrots in it. Out. Right. Yeah. But like the goal is for it to have fruit and veggies. Like I want it to have something for everyone. That's yeah. always been the goal of what we do. Um, and a lot of that comes from just people having dietary restrictions. Mm. So, you know, I don't do a lot of bread other than pizza, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, that's like my, that's that's my one thing that like I have to sacrifice and <laughs> I always too, have to have the bread. It's too good not to. Um, but like that's the, that's one thing that I really wanted to embody in the company was how do we come up with food that every single person in the room could eat something off of this tray, yeah. whether it's gluten-free or dairy-free or nut-free or vegetarian or vegan or whatever. Yeah. What is something in every single box that we sell that someone could eat? Yeah. And so that was really, really important on the front end. And I didn't realize it until I started like laying out the actual foundational pieces over a year and a half into business, <laughs> looking at like what the ingredients are in each box. And I was like, yeah. well, I did this, this, this is the reason why. So I was strategic mentally, but I wasn't strategic on paper. So no one understood yeah. my mind because I hadn't implemented it in a way that they understood. Gotcha. And so learning to train people that that receive information differently. That sounds difficult. It is because yeah. you have to train them differently. So like yeah. I can tell someone, hey, you need to roll this pepperoni this way, this way, and this way, and they're good. Yeah. I have other people I have to manually show them. I have yeah. some that they want Everybody's to be able to ask questions the whole time. And so learning that as as an owner and as, an, and as a manager was me understanding like how do I help educate my staff better and yeah. what is the best way for them to get this information yeah. adequately. Um, and, and part of that is having staff that is already pre-trained that maybe knows something different than you do to help execute it. Yeah. Um, it's on paper so they can read it and it has a picture of it and it tells you what all ingredients go in the box and it mm -hmm. tells you the directions of exactly where everything goes. Yep. That's not what everybody wants to use. No. And so that was my initial thought. It's like, okay, if I can get it all on paper, then people will understand. They can pull out this recipe card and it's just like cooking dinner, right? Yeah. You just have a recipe card and you can go with it. And still not everybody, not everybody way. can do yeah. that. And that's okay. Um, and so just learning what those specifics are. Um, and it, it's funny. I have one girl. She's like, I'm just not as creative as everyone else. <laughs> um, and, and the big thing is you don't have to be creative. Yeah. Like it, sometimes you can literally just follow the instructions and people are going to be just fine with what that is. Yeah. Um, but also I want people that work for me to have some creativity mm -hmm. because that was the reason. One of the main reasons for me starting the company is because I still needed an, a creative outlet. Um, working my my convention planning job and not being able to plan conventions because of COVID, I needed something creative to allow my mind to flourish. And yeah. so this was my quote unquote hobby job. Yeah. And it's not a hobby anymore, obviously. And that's totally okay. Um, but it also goes back to pivoting and always knowing that like there are bigger and better opportunities out there if you're willing to pivot and if you're willing to like truthfully see what's ahead of you. Yeah. And also like listen to your surroundings. Yeah. So when somebody like suggests an idea, I don't always listen fully, mm -hmm. I hold it back until I know that I have the capability to do so. Yeah. So I, you know, I wanted to be certain locations or do other activities, but I didn't want to do that before my team was ready. Yeah. Because if I push, push, push on the front end and we aren't ready, we're going to, we're going to flounder. We're not going to do as well as we could if yeah. we were full fledged, like ready to roll. Yeah. And so that's been a big important thing for me too this last year is just really finding, honing in on where we're at and where we can be and what we need to put in place before we get too big. Wow. Yeah, um, I to to go back to you saying in the boxes there's something for everybody mm -hmm. to eat. Uh, for my birthday, which was just 
a month ago. I think my mom actually got me one. And so I got the text in the morning, woke up, and there was somebody at my door with one of those little boxes. And have you ever heard of the olive theory? No. It, it's kind of like a, a relationship theory. Okay. Where, and it, it can be um, like a romantic relationship or just uh-huh. like a friendship relationship. Uh, but the olive theory says that your relationship will flourish if one person likes olives and one person doesn't. Okay. And so like if I get if we get a supreme pizza and mm-hmm. I take off my olives and then give it to the person uh-huh, I'm in a relationship uh-huh. with. Uh-huh. It was one of those perfect olive theory moments when we opened the box and like exactly half of it went to me and exactly half of it went to my roommate <laughs> at the time because uh, it was just perfect. We were picking out exactly what we liked and yeah. exactly what we didn't. We did fight over the uh, sweets because we have big sweets. Like sweets. Yeah. Well, so the funny thing about olives is that is one thing I do not put in our boxes because I hate olives. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I was like, olives. olive theory. Oh, gosh. Who's been talking to you? <laughs> no, no. Uh, Natalie, Natalie my right hand, she always jokes. She's like, Why, if we would just put olives in there. And I'm like, yeah, no, not happening. Mm, um, that was like olives. That was a hard, a hard thing for me at the very beginning. I said, you know, I want to make sure that everything I put in these boxes is something I like, yeah. which is so silly and so obnoxious, no, but, but I, mean, I love that everything in the box, something they don't like, right? Yeah. So everything in the box is things that I enjoy. And so the only time that there's olives in your box is if you request it multiple months or multiple <laughs> weeks ahead of time, you know, cause like we don't keep those in stock. Oh, yeah, exactly. So like I have to know at least seven days ahead of time. It's not like a night before, Hey, I ordered a box and I want olives. Like, eh, we don't really have olives. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but that's, what's been really funny is she's always pushing me to have olives. So hilarious. Cause our friendship is. The olive, olive friendship theory. that Perfect. she can have the olives and go. I'll have the pickles. Exactly. So, uh, and with with the creative aspect of doing it, I mean, when I opened that box, it was beautiful. Like everything was perfectly allocated and intricately placed in those mm-hmm. uh, spaces. Is that just like your head? Like that's just what you are creatively doing or like for me, I would need like a software or something to like place those <laughs> things perfectly. Well, so exactly that, that goes back them. to kind of the menu card that I told you about. Yeah. So the menu card was created that you put the Ritz crackers up in the top left corner. You do the dips up in the top right corner. You do. And you um, created that card. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it was something that was important to me of like how the box was laid out because I always wanted the roses to be in the middle of the box so that whenever you look through the clear film, you can see this beautiful either pepperoni or salami rose. And so the salami only goes in the 10 by 10 and the 12 by 12. So there's little specifics that... I feel like has has grown and, and changed the way we do business because yeah. initially it wasn't set in stone of what we were going to have in there. Okay. And then it got to a point that I was like, no, we have to have a standard mm-hmm. that this is what we live by. And then special requests you'll change. Right, right. So I had so many people asking, you know, like what comes in a six by six? Well, if my team wasn't doing a six by six the same way I do a six by six, I was giving then incorrect information. Yeah. Right. And so I needed everybody to follow the recipe cards to know these are the items that go in the box. You have some leeway on certain items, mm-hmm. but I wanted to make sure that XYZ is definitely included in the box. Yeah. The other is seasonal, quote yeah. unquote. So they have the choice of saying, okay, we're, we're going to use our um, in-house Chex Mix. So we do Chex Mix with like goldfish and M&Ms in it, Delicious. which I love because, you know, Delicious. I like a little salty sweet, right? Yes, so I love putting the M&Ms in there. And of course, right now they're seasonal M&Ms that are Easter colored. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in February they were Valentine M&Ms. So it's like, I love having that little touch of color. Yeah. Um, so normally that is usually in the box unless something random is going on and we don't have it or you know they chose to not use it I guess is a good good other alternate alternative option um but a lot of times it's you know choosing your sweets I let them choose what sweets go in the box or choose what cookies go in the box um a lot of times they'll choose like the types of pretzels or nuts or just there's we literally have a massive pantry 
of all the things that you could possibly put in there as your oh, filler. I would have a field day in that pantry. Yeah, the, the filler room is like probably the thing that gives me the most joy. Mm -hmm. um, it was a last minute add-on to the building. It was just this deep, dark hallway that I was like, what am I going to do in that space? Like it just, it's obnoxious. I don't like it. I'm just not in love with it. I don't know what to do with it. So one random Sunday I painted it and I ordered this little kit from Amazon that's like these, um, oh, the pipe fittings. Oh, yeah. And so it's a pipe fitting pantry that is... I don't know, oh, over 10 feet long. Wow. And it's just full of just bags and bags I of different types of products. Yeah, I no, it's it's there. it's ridiculous, so to weird. be honest. Um, and I mean, each thing that we have is three to four bags of each thing on the shelf because wow. you never know, like if we're going to have a spread for 50 people or 150 yeah. people, we're going to go through at least a bag of that. Oh, yeah. And so we try to keep all of that in stock. Um, and then, of course, those seasonal products that we can only get every so often, I try mm -hmm. to really buy in bulk and have those so that we can have it for like maybe two, three months before it's you know expired or before it goes out of, out of the store or whatever. So yeah. um, that was definitely a, a last minute add on that happens to be one of my most joyful things when wow. I look in the building. Because I was like, where too. were we going to store all this stuff before? I don't know how this wasn't even <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. Um, but there were little things that happened as we were doing the build out that I was like, oh, yeah, I actually need this. So my, mm -hmm. my contractor, Chester, he was amazing in making all of my things come to life. Mm -hmm. And I just kept saying, you know, hey, um, Chester, I have an idea. <laughs> and I think every single day that I walked in the door, he was just like, please, no more ideas for the love. <laughs> um, and so that was one thing that I, I found very um, fun and endearing is that he was always willing to, to pick up whatever it was that I was like coming up with and yeah. find a way to make it work. Yeah. Um, and he was very innovative in doing so. It may not have been the way that anyone would have came to that solution, but mm -hmm. he, his mind was always working for a way to make whatever it was that I saw work. Oh, yeah. And so that was that was really awesome to get to see all of that come to life um, I, whenever the building was finished. I feel like that would be such a cool experience. Like, obviously, I'm young. I have not I haven't had the experience of like building my own first house, but like having an image in your mind for like a building mm -hmm. or a room or something and then literally seeing it. Yeah, that would be so cool. The first time that I got to walk in the building when it was like finally finished and my photographer was coming to take like good interior pictures. I remember just thinking like it's done. Like, what am I yeah. going to do with my free time? Once again, here I was thinking, oh, <laughs> what, what am I going to do with my time? free time? What free time? Um, yeah, and that's what all my <laughs> friends would tell you. And so now it's so surreal, like, walking into the building and thinking, like, I created this. Like, yeah. I had every vision and every, I don't know, section of this building in my head at some point, and now it's real life. Yeah. And I get to share it with other people. That's and so, so cool. just as much as, you know, this is important for me to share with the community and people coming in and having their own living room in town – it's my extra living room too. Yeah. Like to be honest, I can't tell you how many different events I've had in the space just to spend time with my family and friends um, because it's a bigger space than what I have at home. Yeah. And it allows for those memories to be made that we all missed out on for so yeah. much time. Yeah. And I love just knowing that like at the end of the day, I'm like, hey guys, what are you doing on Saturday? Oh, nothing. You guys want to have a game night? Yes, we'd love to. And so <laughs> it's just so fun getting to watch that unfold. And like all, like I said, all the kids get excited, yeah. their parents get excited. And I just, I love having a space that we can call our own living room uh, to collectively share. And yeah. so we've had my friend's kids' birthday parties in there. We've had their baby showers in there. Yeah. Um, we've had birthday parties, et cetera. And it's, it's just so cool to get to watch them experience it the same way that I get to firsthand yeah. um, and for their friends and family to get to see things that they helped me with. Because my closest friends, I mean, they were in there painting. They were in there helping rip up floors, yeah. put down floors, et cetera. And yeah. so, um, and obviously, like I said, tearing out walls and floors mm -hmm. when I was out of town. Um, those are the things that they were doing behind the scenes. And so for them to get to enjoy it just as much as I do is so special for me. That's awesome. Um, and with the events that you have and the caterings that you do, I know the Riata Center has used a couple of uh, your catering a couple times. Um, with, I mean, you lay out the giant piece of paper and some of these like 
what do you call platters? I so, guess. You, so it's just a spread, is what we spread. call that. Yeah, a spread. Mm-hmm. Some of these, I mean, some of these spreads are huge. Yeah. Like the one we had for the Riata Center was at least 15 feet long. <laughs> like, how does the creativity aspect of knowing where like is there a card for that there's as well? not a card for that so that's the really from... that's the really cool thing about spreads um and i can usually look at a picture and tell you who did it really mm-hmm. okay. based on how they do certain things which is really cool because you can like look at yeah. how people do their work and you can say oh well so and so did that one yeah. or these two people did that one because uh-huh. there would be elements that each person would have done differently wow. so like the way certain <laughs> people awesome. lay out fruit or the way they do the bread like yeah. i can usually tell you um based on those little specifics who did something in a in a photo that's funny um, and that comes from like obviously looking at all of their work mm-hmm. over time and thinking oh i really like how they do this or i you know i don't love the way they do this but it's not enough for me to say something about it yeah. you know what i mean yeah um, and so it's been cool to, to watch how their creativity works. But as soon as you walk in the room, we normally have no clue what we're walking into. I mean, we've walked into a room full of sawdust yeah. before that we were going to set up food in. We were like, uh, can we do it over here instead? Yeah, wow. Um, because it was just an under construction project and they wanted to show off the space. But like, how do you do so effectively, but also safely? Yeah. And so we ha- we have to reevaluate the space and sometimes change the plan on the fly. And there's um, no card because obviously. And there's no card. Yeah. Because every event's different. Every event's different. Yeah. Um, and we're really trying to hone in on those weights and measurements on everything now mm-hmm. um, when we first started we were still like trying to just determine like how much food do 15 people really eat like yeah. I don't know yeah. um, and so like really honing in on those numbers and how much uh, how many ounces of fruit or produce yeah. or meat or whatever that somebody would eat in one setting is what we're really just trying to focus on now and how to make that more effective to make sure we have enough of each product. Yeah. Um, so I try to ask people to send us an after picture whenever they're finished to That's see good. like what things were eaten or not okay. eaten, which mind you, it's based on the group. Like there's times that the True. entire group will eat all the chips and salsa. And we then there's other do. times that nobody touches it. So it's very interesting to me to see what items people really like, mm-hmm. really, really love. And then what items they don't touch because they don't know what it is, which is funny too. <laughs> Um, or you not have a group, olives, right? Not the olives because they're not on there. Um, but then you always have the group too. That's like, oh, I can't touch the pepperoni rose. I don't want to mess up the petals. Oh, but then there's always, so I can already tell Gabe, you're the guy. I did. He's, I did. he's the one. He pulled the petals right out of the middle. Didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> the, the way that you looked at me just now, I knew you were that guy. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, I, I he was so like confused a... <laughs> that I was about to say that, but you totally are that person. I definitely get the little, maybe I'll give it probably three seconds of <laughs> like, everybody. Wow, that's it. beautiful. <laughs> and then dig in. I, yeah, I, I did go food to an in front event. Of me, I can't wait. I went to an event where there was a, a young kid under 10. He goes up and just grabs the entire pepperoni oh, rose and sets no. it on his plate. And I couldn't help but laugh. I was like, you know what? Power to you, man. At hey, least you know what you want. Go for it. All right, that's all the time we have with Callie with Social 174. Be sure to check us out on social media at Riata Center. And you can find this podcast on. Apple Music, Spotify, or Podbean. And make sure to check out Social 174 on all social media. And that is? At Social 174 Stilly. All right. Any final words? I just thank you guys so much for letting me be here today and then just getting to share a little bit about our story and who we are. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And everyone, be sure to go check out a nice spread from Social 174.